Okay, perfect podcast, and I'm Daz, one of your hosts, and with me as always, Mr. Tagster. How are you, mate? Um, good, mate. Not too bad. Uh, how are you, Dazza? I'm doing awesome. Awesome. <laughs> bit tired, but awesome. Yeah, Yourself? Yeah. Are you? I'm doing well, mate. Yeah, I'm, yeah, bit, yeah. I'm, I'm just quite sprightly. Uh, early morning, you know, getting ready for the podcast, and uh, as it's early morning, it can only mean one thing, can't it? I know. You know what it means? It means that I think we sh- we should both move back to the UK. What do you think? <laughs> well, I shouldn't move back. I haven't been there, but I wouldn't mind visiting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, we've got a guest uh, here today from the UK again. And, yes. Uh, it's Dan Wood. Hello, guys. Thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> How are you, Dan? You're welcome. Yeah, you can tell the time zone difference. I've got a glass of wine here. You guys have got a coffee. So I want to say it's 9 p.m. here. It's a bit more acceptable to have a, a glass of wine at 9 p.m. than 8 in the morning, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to get away with it, but the wife's yeah. got a lot of jobs for me uh, to do today. So. <laughs> that shouldn't stop you. Yeah, that's right. Make it, make it less painful, I suppose. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so how are you, Dan? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, very good, thank you. It's um, I've listened to a few of your episodes over the last week, actually kind of binge listened to a few yeah. of them, and I think you know, you've know you got a great idea for a show as well, so yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting about one of my favourite games as well. I mean, it's a game that we're talking about today that I, I think I first played in about 1989 when it first came out, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, long-term favourite of mine, so it's going to be yeah. a good one, I think, today. It's, I, I think it's a hidden gem, Dan. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people hate it. Um, I love it. It's, I remember playing it back in the day too, but geez... Um, I used to have a long, I used to have long hair before I before reviewing this game um, for this episode. My hair's <laughs> gone now because it frustrates me. I was pulling up my hair so much. It's so because hard because of this game. But, oh jeez, it's so difficult. But man, it's so so much fun. But anyway, but before we before we get into it, uh, would you like to tell everyone about yourself and about your awesome podcast? Yeah, so um, I'm based in the UK, like you mentioned. Um, I've done a podcast for, well, I've kind of been doing podcasting off and on for about 15 years, probably. Um, I started when, you know, when when, when I originally started doing podcasting, you had to uh, download it on iTunes and then plug your your iPod in via Firewire or a USB and sync it and then yeah. take it on. The, it was a bit of a hassle back then. Uh, but obviously now we've all got smartphones and everything. It's um, I thought the time was right to come back and do another podcast. So we've done our current one, the Retro Hour, for I think it's about four years now we've been doing it. Mm. Um, wow. We've done it every week for four years. I think we're on about episode 214 or something now. Um, and every week, essentially, we do a, a bit of a roundup of the, the retro gaming news headlines uh, for about 20 minutes with my co-host Ravi and Joe. And then every week, every single episode, we have a guest on who is generally someone who was a developer or ran a company or a musician or an artist, someone who's involved in the making of mm. games and companies that we um, you know, we all grew up playing, really. So that seemed like a good idea when we started doing it four years ago. It was a bit harder work than we imagined, but, you know, I think it, it's definitely oh, it been worth it, though. <laughs> yeah, getting to talk to, like, some of my childhood heroes, it was like, that's the main mm. reason we started doing it, really, so... Like I said, yeah, four years in now, and uh, I do a YouTube channel as well. I've, I've been doing YouTube for about 12 years, uh, mainly covering kind of left field and vintage technology. Um, a lot of computer-based stuff on that. I do some console stuff too, but it can be like, you know, getting Commodore 64s hooked up to the internet and, you know, like really wacky yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's that's kind of me. Yeah, that's very good stuff, very man. Good. That's it. That's... That's how I discovered you. Uh, way back before uh, Retro Hour was was your videos. I'm like, 
all right this this guy's cool he's not just talking about <laughs> nintendo you know because back then everyone was just nintendo 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 yeah, from yeah. the states and it's like it was so nice to find someone that i could relate to and um you know like even like your atari st versus amiga and yeah, yeah. you know it's you got some really cool <laughs> stuff on there man so no awesome mm. yeah awesome. and i think it's when i first decided to do youtube videos I, I don't know if you guys were the same i was into like gaming and everything and then i took a, a bit of a break for a few years and then i think i kind of rediscovered it when you know i was up in my parents attic and i found my older amiga in there and just decided to set it up and and then I thought, oh, I'll do a video about this. Couldn't find much Amiga stuff on, on YouTube. And then, uh, you know, I was surprised when, like, people started watching it. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I didn't think anyone was interested yeah. in this stuff anymore. <laughs> but, you know, over the last decade, it just seems like retro is just blown up again now. Mm, it's, it's insane. It's, yeah, it's, mm. yeah, it is. It's mental how it's, uh, it's gone. You can't, there's that much content out there. You would never, you'd never in a million years get through it all, would you? There's so many people no. that have taken it, taken it out to the community now to look at it. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. And even the fact we get the you know the mini consoles and stuff coming out, it was the moment I realised it had gone really mainstream was when you know they released the Commodore sixty four mini, didn't they last year? Yeah. Well, my 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 mum gave me a call and she goes, I've just been into a shop and I've seen that thing you used to have as a kid that brought it back out again. And I thought, well, it's on my mum's radar. That's what you know, it's mainstream. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One thing one thing I'm impressed with is with doing the weekly podcast is. is the prepper how you continue to be prepared for it and, and do the re- and the research and things like that? Not, not, not only just getting the guests available to do it, but being so prepared for you know the questions and doing a bit of digging on what you know some good questions for them and things like that. That's what really impresses me. Just doing this podcast and review, trying to get you know seven or eight games. Te- yeah. up and running and tested out and, and noted you know it seems like it's two to three week job to do that so <laughs> yeah I mean, there have been times when we're in the studio still writing the questions as we're making the call but you know it's yeah, yeah i think we've got a bit of a routine of doing it now but i think that's the thing with podcasts like, like you said then it's often you listen to it and you don't realize kind of how much work's gone on behind the scenes sometimes do you when you're, you're checking yeah. out videos or listening to podcasts yeah that's right yeah, yeah. yeah okay I have, I have a quick question for you dan yeah and it's it might be a hard one your top three favourite guests. Oh god, had. I'm trying to remember who we've had on now. <laughs> well, like Nolan Bushnell, yeah, he was uh, just incredible. I mean, that's you know, insane. Yeah, that's I, insane. It, you got it, him, man. It took about eight months probably to get him on. You know, back back and forth emails and everything with him and his assistant and stuff. But yeah, we, we got him on for our um, 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that was wow. you know it, the timing just worked out really well and we wanted to do something special <laughs> to celebrate 100 episodes and you know get like the father of the video games industry really isn't he yeah well that's he, right he was mm-hmm. incredible um another one that i really enjoyed i think al nelson when we had him on talking about you know kind of the, the sega and nintendo war um, yeah, from back one. in the day that was a really interesting episode and recently actually for our 200th episode we had charlie brooker on who I really enjoyed. You know, the guy behind like Black Mirror and that Bandersnatch okay, game. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't know if you guys played that, but that was, um, mm. he, he's awesome. I mean, he kind of introduced us to the world of kind of celebrities who are into video games, but you probably mm. don't realize it. You know, these kind of closet gamers. Yeah. So yeah. that was a really interesting chat. And he's telling us, oh, you know, I hang out with this guy and he's into video games. And it's like, yeah, it was a really, really interesting episode. I mean, it's hard to pick just three from like 10 over 200. Yeah, I but, get it. Yeah, yeah, they were definite, definite highlights that spring to mind. No, mm-hmm. good stuff, man, because I know how hard it is to get people on. I mean, we, yeah. we tried to get Nolan Bushnell back in the day yeah. when it, for RD. Jeez, man, it's so difficult. We tried to get Woz on. No, couldn't do that. 
Um, yeah, we were happy to get Tom Kalinske for you know for example. You know, you, you, you do you do get some that actually approach you and think, oh yeah, this is awesome. But uh, man, you, you guys you guys kick ass, man. You've done really well. Oh, it's funny. It's like. It's 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 like it's like we handed the torch over to you guys while we right like, yeah yeah because <laughs> I, I found our shades very similar but yours is more yours is more um, organized than what RD right. was RD guys it was more five of us talking crap but and <laughs> and, and occasionally we'll have a guest on but you guys these have got like a agenda going and it's spot on and I love the prof- the how professional it sounds it's it's great man awesome no thank you very much yeah i mean we yeah. try to do because you know the show's like generally about an hour long i mean sometimes a yeah bit, a bit more but it's yeah we, we kind of came up so i mean there are a load of great retro gaming podcasts out there mm-hmm. um some of them though can be several hours long and often you find that you know if you've got a spare afternoon you have it on the background it's great but if you're doing something every single week we thought that probably we'll do something that's more around the hour format that can fit into like you know a a half an hour commute to work and then home or on your lunch Man, break or something right. so that that's kind of worked for us i think the the hour long that's oh, perfect. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Uh, very good. Really good. I really enjoy listening to it, Dan. It's, uh, it's, I kind of forget it's weekly, so it's great because every now and again I'll go, oh, I'll flick through the podcast list and then I'll listen, I'll binge uh, listen, you know, to two or three of them at a time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's good, especially with all the driving and stuff that I do. So, yeah, we, we, get, we get people who are like, you know, still listening to episodes that were recorded like three and a half years ago, but <laughs> they're getting through like about 10 a week or something. Then when they, they catch up, they're like, oh, seems like ages between shows and the whole seven days. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, guys. All right. Well, we'll give a bit of an introduction to the game uh, then today, which is one of Dan's, um, Dan's pick, really. So. We'll get down to explain why he likes Tokyo and whatnot in a little while. Uh, I'll give you a bit of an intro to the game. So, so Tokyo's 1989 uh, shoot 'em up slash platform arcade game, or run and gun, or run and spit, as I uh, I cre- <laughs> created, uh, you know, while I was typing this up. So, run and spit 'em up. Um, developed <laughs> and published in Japan by Tad Corporation. So. It's funny that because I was trying to think who made this game. So I was thinking, was it Taito? Was it, yeah? But uh, Tad Corporate Taito had something to do with distribution. But uh, Tad Corporation is a company who made it. Um, it was designed by Akira Sakamura, and it featured elements of tongue-in-cheek humor combined with uh, platforming and action. So some story behind it: the evil hand of of uh, Bashtar has seized the lovely uh, Miho. Uh, beloved, uh, the mighty Toki has been dealt a wicked blow and reduced into a lowly ape. Toki must risk a perilous journey to free Miho and regain regain his manhood. I'm not sure what this <laughs> what this guy's been uh, stealing from him, but uh, yeah, regain his manhood. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so the player t- takes control of the Toki uh, in his ape form. Um, he can shoot in seven different directions, uh, which is pretty useful. Um, uh, the use of the main methods of, is his main methods of attack is spitting balls from his mouth you can also jump and land on creatures which quite often I forget to do when I'm playing the game It's it's got that kind of Mario you know you can jump and bounce on the heads of creatures and that's one mechanism that I forget to do when I'm playing the game which makes it a lot harder then when you start to jump on them you realise oh you know, it's not actually quite as hard when you use all the mechanisms that are available to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, collectible items on the way include an American football helmet, something that you always find in the jungle. Um, 
Uh, and also uh, sneakers, which give you more height, so you can collect items out of reach. Uh, spit power up upgrades include things like uh, double spit power, and I've just had a vindaloo, and I can fire in flames <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, stage one's a labyrinth of caves, uh, cave, sorry, um, where you kind of hop halfway through the stage, you um, you have to attack Bashtar's machine. So it's kind of like this like Aztecs cube that's got monkeys on all the sides of it and a couple of monkeys kind of pumping this thing on the on the top to kind of keep it moving around. So you take that out and then um, after that um, you've got the primeval guy, I think he's called on the Mega Drive version, uh, which is a um, strange looking guy uh, with big lips that kind of runs and jumps yeah. at you. Um, it's pretty pretty tricky. Uh, you have to just shoot the hell out of it really quickly. Stage two goes to kind of an underwater level um, where you fight uh, Neptune, and then as you progress further, there's a uh, boss called uh, Eyesaw, which is a kind of strange, weird boss that um, bounces his eyes at you. Mm. Um, really freaky. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you've got the Caverns of Fire with uh, Belcher. Which is another crazy yeah. boss who uh, basically fires the letters burp, yeah, out at you, as well as other attack patterns. There's some kind of crazy stuff going on. Um, the next stage is the ice palace where you fight this kind of polygon, polygonal frozen blocked uh, mammoth. Uh, dark jungle where you fight Bashtar's feet, heart, and hands, and then the golden palace where you uh, finally fight the uh, the membrane. Which I think is part of the the initial wizard who uh, turns you into an ape at the start. Because so the game's port was ported to C64, Amiga, Atari ST, Atari Lynx, Mega Drive, iOS in the US, and in the last couple of years, to um, there was a re a re release and a printed up version on the Switch. Um, there's some other versions knocking around, which we'll talk about, no doubt, as we get through the podcast a little bit. But there's almost as many uh, in-progress slash cancel ports as there is actual ports that came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we might see a few more in, in, in the future, but we'll talk a bit more about those, I suppose, as we get into the, into the podcast. So, yeah, that's a little bit about the, I suppose, the arcade game. Um, what it, why did you why did you want to pick it down out of the list of different games? What's uh, why's Toki kind of special to you? You know, I always thought it was weird actually. You're talking about the kind of the history of the game and kind of what happens in it as well, the story. Yeah. I always thought it was really bizarre that you know, obviously Toki was a big warrior, so he turned him into a little ape. Fair enough. But why yeah. did he turn him into a little ape that can spit balls of fire? That was <laughs> like surely that didn't plan that very well. I didn't think, did he? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, for me, this was a game, I think probably, I said 89, I've got a feeling it was probably more 90 that I, I discovered it, um, because we had, in the town I lived in at the time, we had a local um, VHS video rental store that we'd always go in just around the corner from where I lived, and then one day, um, a Toki arcade machine appeared in there, mm. and while my dad was like picking a tape to rent on the night, my brother and I would go on Toki, and we'd... We'd often, my dad would be getting, you know, ready to go and he'd be like, well, I'll come back in 10 minutes, I'll go get some food and everything. We'd be there for like an hour, two hours sometimes on a Saturday afternoon, feeding money into this machine, just like <laughs> trying our best. Because again, like many 
arcade machines back then, it was, uh, you know, as they say in America, a quarter muncher, wasn't it? You know, you, yeah. you'd have to yeah. put money into it. It was very, a game that was really based on patterns and you'd have to remember which enemies were coming up where and what techniques mm. to use on them. But I think it was the, cause it's a very tongue-in-cheek game as well, isn't it? It's kind mm. of, it, like you're talking about then, the bosses, they're so like, absurd it's like there's some ridiculous yeah. stuff in this game the whole idea of it just made me laugh i thought it was a really quirky game yeah. and i think the character the character of toki the playing as a <laughs> a little ape that can spit balls of fire it's just i've never seen anything like that before so mm. i just thought it was a really cool game so it's always been something that i loved and then a bit later on i mean we'll get into the different versions of it obviously but yeah. when i got um, an amiga 500 that was one of the games i used to play most on my a500 support of it on the amiga was really good Mm, yeah but is what? it is it is it really oh, well good? yeah there's <laughs> a teaser <laughs> is it still good that's that's the question actually. <laughs> yeah yeah no, cool yeah what about you then does in the in the, in australia what was it did you see toki around anywhere or yep yep it's funny because i called it toki now yes i i used I'm, to i used to call it toki yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. i'm going to have to readjust it really just the way I say it now so I don't really yeah. like his yeah but well, anyway no 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 wait, wait. sorry yeah Sean I was going to say I listened to the 10 pence arcade podcast of this uh, of this game as well uh, last week just as a bit of a recap and uh, and Sean called it Toki and Vic called it Toki all the way through okay. the episode so <laughs> so it's a, there's a divide there it's uh, just stick with yeah. what you know I think <laughs> okay, you know back so then yes. obviously you just read it on the cabinet you, d- you didn't have YouTube videos or pod- you didn't know how to say it did you, you just read no, it that's, that's right yeah. that's right that's right yeah but no no we had it at the local uh, fish and chip shop and again play, played the hell out of it wasted so much money because I found it so difficult but I can pretty much do the first level without losing a life now because I know where everything's coming from. Hmm. But but as soon as I hit the second level and then the third, oh, I, I can't pass the third level on, on one credit. It's just too, too hard. Hmm. And um, No, nah, but no, nah, I used to play the hell of it. I loved it. And um, hmm. unfortunately, I never had it back on the 64 when it came out because by that time, it was... Um, I could say the 64 was pretty much dead. <clears throat> And that, that came out. I think I don't know if it came out on cartridge. I think it came out. On I think cart. it did. So I, th- I think it was for yeah. the um, you know that sixty four GS console GS. they released. Yeah, I think that they released it for that as well. I think. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, because I think mm. it was only a cart version, and you couldn't yeah. buy those carts here. I think it was only in the UK, so I missed out on that. Um, I only got reintroduced to it on the sixty four when well, probably the late probably late nineties, early two thousands, when emulators started coming onto PC. So, and when I saw it on the C64, I go, oh man, all right, let's just pop it in. I was like, okay, well, I'll give my, um, <laughs> I'll give my reasons later. But yeah, I was, <clears throat> I was quite surprised back in the day in the C64. But yeah, no, for me, it was all about the arcade back in the day. And I loved it as much as it infuriated me. I loved it. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's the same for you, Dan, but I saw it all over the place in the UK. I think it's distributed by three different companies altogether. So think it had quite a wide spread of uh of releases you know availability to be out there so um so i saw it i do remember seeing it quite quite regularly it was a pretty popular uh game for them i don't think i played it that much i don't know what it was about it i think i must have been one of those on the other side of the fence with it i um 
I played it a few times, maybe lost my coins pretty quickly, and uh, maybe I moved back onto something else. I don't know, but um, but I do really remember it standing out with the uh, American football helmet and the the sneakers and things like that. They were, uh, you know, it jumped out at you as something to go and give it a try. But uh, I think the difficulty level or the the um, the che- say cheap deaths they call them cheap deaths don't they you you know you've mm. got a very short time to react oh man I did not see that coming you know and things like that maybe that put me off a little bit but uh, it's good to go back and give it a try I, it's, I thought I was the only one who didn't like it but after doing a lot of research there's a lot of it's a very split <laughs> game down the middle there's a lot of people who don't as well so I can kind of forgive myself and. It's not just me being uh, <laughs> being negative towards it. So, uh, but yeah, it's good to go back, and give it a try. And I, I don't think I ever played the Amiga version uh, back as a kid. So, uh, yeah, to play some of these versions that we miss, I missed out on because uh, perhaps didn't play the arcade so much. Um, yeah, it's good to try them out, and see how close they are to the to the arcade. So. I think it was always one of those games that even though it was brutally difficult if you didn't know where things were coming from, I always found it was definitely one of those, you know, just one more go. I just need one yeah. more go at it. Because yeah, you, you felt like you messed up. You know, was it, If only I saw that coming, I'll get it next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, no, good. Yeah, I quite like it. I'm, I'm impressed by the Switch, uh, initial Switch uh, look at it the other day. So uh, we'll talk about that one perhaps towards the end. But um, mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay, so we'll, we've got a bit of trivia as well. So we'll maybe talk about one of the versions first, then, and then uh, we'll drop a bit of trivia in there in the middle, cool. um, and so on. So um, usually we kick off with something pretty early, early on. So well, it has to um, be a C sixty four then. I yeah, guess. Yeah. So probably let you <clears throat> let you uh, Dan. Did you test out the C sixty four one? I did actually, and um, yeah. like you're saying before, it's uh, it wasn't something that I played when it originally came out on the 64. Um, yeah. And until we started talking, I'd actually forgotten that it was ever released on the Commodore 64. Like you said, <laughs> I think it came out 1991 by Ocean, I believe. So mm. obviously that 91, it was kind of that era when everyone was kind of getting the Mega Drive and the Atari ST and the Amiga at my school. I remember. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was actually upon playing it again recently. Obviously, you've got much less capabilities on an 8-bit machine, but I thought they did a really good job at mm. porting this game for the 64. I mean, you had stuff like um, one limitation that I saw when I was playing the game on the 64 was that you could either choose music or sound effects. You yeah. could have both at the same time, which uh, the music I thought was really good there, that kind of Sid version of the, the turkey theme. Um, yeah. But everything was in there from the arcade, you know, stuff like um, all the weapons I, I saw, you know, the end bosses in the levels, even though it's... A, I believe it's a shorter game, isn't it? I think the last yeah. level isn't in there. It's only five levels long. Um, yeah. But I was actually quite impressed at how much they managed to get into the platform. There was stuff like... Um, I did spot a few areas in there. Like you mentioned, the, the machine on the on the first level with the, yeah. uh, the the two monkeys at the top on like, the seesaw. Yeah. You only had heads down one side of it on the Commodore 64 version. Like right. There wasn't enough memory or enough uh, sprite space to have all the enemies yeah. on, on screen at once. So... <laughs> In some ways, I found it a bit easier because there was less going on with it. But it was mm. um, one thing I really noticed that was a bit frustrating is, though, that when, and I didn't spot this in any other version, your firepower doesn't actually go all the way to the end of the screen. It kind oh, of went I like this. It, when it went a bit in front of you, oh. then just ends. But the enemies can shoot you from the other side of the screen, <laughs> oh, which I, I didn't see that in any other version. But yeah, so <laughs> I, I thought they did a good job at porting it to the 64, though. Yeah. yeah I'd, what about you, Daz? 
Oh, yeah, I'll I'll go last on this one because I only got a few points on it really. For the... Cool, cool. Uh, I thought it had the cool intro music. Uh, in-game music is good, but it does get a bit repetitive, I found. Yeah. Uh, controls are okay, but having one button does make it hard to play. Um, it's just really easy to make a mistake, I thought. Um, one thing I found that that, I, that really put me off was I thought the sprites were a bit too big for the play area. The, the 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 screen real estate was really was really squashy with this version, um, and it made it hard to dodge uh, projectiles. Um, the stage layout was close to the original arcade. Um, look, good effort, and and it was fun. And but I think I think it just I didn't think it translated well with the one button. I, I found mm. that like um, other other home computer versions with the one button just felt felt better. This one didn't didn't translate too well. Uh, but look, overall, I thought it was great. I think it's it's a fair and fun and honest port. I think they did great. Ocean did really well hmm. with with especially with, with with the limitations. But yeah, if anything, there was one qualm. It would would be the screen real estate. I thought it was a bit too a bit too squashed. You're, you're, you're just too big. And sometimes I find as well, like with the enemies, I don't know if you've got like, you know, the mammoth boss in there as well. On yeah. other versions, the tusks are like really big, but on this, are tiny little bits on the screen. <laughs> yeah, spikes, yeah. And it's really hard to dodge them. So yeah, man. yeah, I think, you know, some of the graphical differences do kind of throw me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Tag? Yeah, pretty, that pretty much really sums it up for me. I, they've simplified it by taking out some of the sprites and things. I think a lot of the versions didn't have, you know, the sprite where the, um, the little creature pops the, the egg, egg and he fires the yep. bloody two egg shells yeah. out like that. Uh, you know, that tended to be missing off a lot of the versions out of... Uh, only some of the versions had a few, you know, missing sprites. And that tended to be the one that they tended to leave out. Uh, maybe because it was a bit more complex or whatever. But uh, yeah, they simplified it a little bit, made it a little bit easier. Um, I didn't get on too badly. I, I'd already read up before I played um, the home computer ports about having to hold down the fire. Um, but I didn't find that as too bad. I think just when you've got those, um, there's a stage where you have to diagonally shoot down to clear clear a boss. I think it's on, mm. on stage one at one point in the cave. Uh, and as you're holding down and diagonally pushing to that, you also have to then get out of the way really quickly and, and mm. leg it out, out of the way. Because when it, a lot of these characters' uh, sprites die, they also explode projectiles <laughs> at you as well, don't they? You know, they throw everything at you to try and bloody get you. And, um, Th- those spiders, oh, oh, yeah, pain in the ass. Yeah. And then they, you know, there's the one that explodes, and then it fires those four pieces out like that. You know, and it's always exactly where you're standing. You know, you're trying to get out of the way. But, um, but yeah, I do think it was a pretty good port. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say too much more on it at this stage. Um, there's definitely some better ports of it out there, but it was a good effort. It's not stinky. No, it doesn't stink. Zap sixty four um, back in the day uh, gave it eighty uh, something percent. I think it was eighty eighty four percent. I think eighty two percent. It got back in the day. So that's I mean, obviously fair. Thought it, obviously, thought it was pretty decent. I think you know from what for what it is as well. You know, there's there's not as many. You know, the side-scrolling kind of platformer games, uh, quite, you know, obviously an adventure theme going through them as well. Yeah, on the 64 at that stage, that was one of the better ones that I remember, you know, when you get like after 1990. Yeah. Now, if yeah. US Gold had made it... Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be two colours, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. Spectrum port or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might have been a different story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But o- Ocean had up their game by then. So, I mean, there the were, like, you know, Ocean did a lot of, like, quick and nasty ports, particularly in the mid-80s, where they put very little effort in. But I thought by this stage, you were doing a very good job. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they'd have bought Batman out and games like that yeah. by then. So, yeah, they were they would know what they were doing. All right. Okay, guys. Uh, moving on then. So, what about the NES? We'll go NES. Uh, oh, can I go start with the NES? Go on then. Can I start with the NES? Oh, wow. What the hell happened here? <laughs> uh, I only played one game of this and I nearly finished it. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just uh, too easy. Uh, look, has intro music is dreadful. Uh, Toki, not Toki, Toki, only has one eye. What the hell? It looked like a tri- it looks really like weird, doesn't it? Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't look right. Uh, sprites are just too small. Uh, stages are loyal to the arcade. Um, it has all the enemies, unlike the computer ports. I found uh, the game is just too easy. I got up to, uh, I think it was the last stage, close to the last wow. stage on, and but I got bored. I actually got really bored. Um, but geez, I think it was level three boss. I think it was. It looked like a looked like a giant ball bag. Looked like a <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> it it I'll kind burp, of I'll made. It. <laughs> yeah, it burped. A scrotum yeah. that burped. It's like, what's going on here? I'm having nightmares tonight now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think need. Uh, seriously, uh, I don't know how Nintendo gave it the seal seal of approval. I don't think they played the game. Oh shit! Uh, I, I actually laughed. I actually I was like laughing to myself like a little mm-hmm. kid. And just by myself and my wife probably would have saw me from a distance and said what the hell's wrong with this guy but that, that was probably the highlight the scrotum but uh <laughs> look to be honest uh man if i had this back in the day i would have been really really pissed i don't know really? I, I, th- I thought it was soulless it was boring this this one was very smelly i think I'd agree with you as well because I think the, the NES could do a lot better than that. Oh yeah, and when you when you yeah. look at what they did on the sixty four, for example, and the NES, you know, could could do these kind of games better than the Commodore sixty four generally. And yeah. I was yeah. really surprised at how poor it was. And again, I think it was the main character graphic that instantly hit me when I played it. It was just how how really bad Toki looked. I was like, why have they made him look like that? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the Japanese uh, box art for it? With the is. It's a really cutified version of the right. massive eyes on it. It's, it's crazy. Hasn't he got a different name? I, I looked that up actually. In, in Japan, it was called Juju Densetsu, apparently. That's right. <laughs> that was yeah, the name, yeah, yeah randomly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, oh, yeah, look at the Famicom cover. Wow, what the hell's mm. going on there? Looks like he's on ecstasy or something. <laughs> he's got massive eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. That's yeah, frightening. That's special. Now, the funny thing is, I, I've taken a different approach with this game because this was the first version I played. Right. So I was quite I was quite surprised by it. So I put, um, put, coming, I put coming off the back of the Mega Drive version, it's got the true the true intro. So, uh, you know, like it kind of rolls on on the arcade. It shows you him getting transformed into the ape with, the, with Bashtar zapping him and that. It had that in there, which I, was, I thought was pretty good. Um... It follows the stage design of the arcade well. 
and sticks to the same power-ups as well. Um, so I think I played, maybe I played the Mega Drive one before this one. Uh, character apart from the eye looks <laughs> looks kind of kind of a cutie version. Uh, I thought he moves pretty well. Uh, stage one mid-level boss is uh, is static, but apart from that, it's pretty impressive. I thought so. Like uh, you know, he, it moves around the uh, Aztec kind of cube uh, on the NES version. It's just, it just doesn't do anything. It just sits there, and you have to just. Shoot the monkeys up each side and then travel up. It's not really a challenge, you any kind of challenge. Um, but this version implemented a multi-hit energy bar, uh, which I preferred. So you've got to remember, I didn't, I didn't find Turkey very easy, and I found it pretty frustrating and odd. So I was like, well, this is a bit. I'm finding this a bit more enjoyable to play because it's giving you the, the chance to get hit once before you. Uh, before you die. Now I don't know if the Japanese version's got that or not, because I what I read up there it was the American version had the energy bar. So I know the Japanese like the harder tended to go with a harder version sometimes. So maybe that was just something introduced for the American American audience. Um, but this uh, yeah, so that's uh, backgrounds uh, go black. So you tend to find that um, when you get to certain parts of the stages, it's just a black. Uh, background, especially the boss sections. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> I put the, I put the, I'm looking back at it and going, oh, what? did I really put that? But the music was excellent, and the intro, uh, the intro, and the different stage music was all in there. So, from a first off look at it, I actually thought it was um, pretty quite impressive. I thought for the, I don't have a lot of history with the NES, so maybe I don't have a lot to compare it to. I wonder if you know if it was the first version you played as well. I think there is always something about yeah. that's kind of the, the, the proper version it's of it, isn't it? If it's the first be. one you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I've been playing it. I played the arcade for a fair bit before it and put it on. So it's quite, it's quite accurate, really, for, for what it is. But anyway, <laughs> different opinions. <laughs> but, uh, it's what it's yeah. all about. That's it, yeah. But, uh, but I quite enjoyed it. I played through I got to the. I got to the scrotum. <laughs> as he'll forever be known now that sent me a picture of that and I was like oh I've got to the scrotum yay and then I died I was like yeah I'll leave it there I've seen I've seen it killed you killed you yeah yeah <laughs> got tea bagged <laughs> <laughs> He was a big scrotum. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay, guys. Uh, would you like a bit of trivia? Yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> so, um, I'll talk a bit, a bit about Tad Corporation, as it was a company I hadn't heard of uh, much before. So, so uh, Tad Corporation was a Japanese developer who was founded by former employees of the company Data East. Uh, Tad was named after its founder and owner, uh, Tadashi Tad Yokohama. It says uh, uh, they are best known for their first video game, Cabal, and then obviously Toki. Uh, after release of their last two arcade titles, both in 1992, uh, the Beat 'em Up uh, Legionnaire and the Run and Gun Heated Barrel. I don't remember either of those two. I don't know about you two. Guys. I remember Legionnaire, yeah, Legionnaire was a pretty good game. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know, can't remember. Daz, have you heard of those? No. No, no. I haven't heard of Heated Barrel, sound, I thought of Heavy Barrel, but a different game. Uh, 
Tad Corporation quietly closed its doors in 1993. After ending its business, some of the staff moved to Mitchell Corp, which was a combo of Capcom and Tad employees. So Mitchell Corp, I don't know if you've ever played it. Have you ever played Osman? Or uh, yeah. Cannon Dancer, it's known as in the West, yep. I think. Um, yes, I it's have. like a. Um, it had some of the staff from who made Strider, the uh, arcade game Strider in there, and obviously then um, uh, some of the guys from Tad in there. So it's kind of the. Uh, I think the creator of Strider uh, decided to make an unofficial Strider port, and Mitchell Corp uh, bought that out, and it's very, very similar. Uh, looking game, very very similar moves and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, if you haven't tried that it's, and you like Strider, you should uh, give it a try. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit really about Tad. So um, it did about four or five games, I think, and then merged merged into another company. So, um, yeah, all right, moving on, guys. So. Heading towards the Amiga or ST next. Ah, uh, we got ST. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Who did ST? I did ST. Anyone I did else? the Ami- I did the Amiga, and I and I noticed some differences between the two, but I didn't really play it. Okay, Danny, did you do ST at all? Uh, I watched it on YouTube okay. <laughs> just to see what all it looked right. like. But yeah, I played the Amiga one, but not the ST one. Cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I booted up my ST up and. Yeah. Um, Great intro. Feels yeah. like the arcade version, I thought. Mm. Uh, AY chip sounds great with this game. It's quite surprised. Controls were good considering only one button is used. Screen real estate is perfect. Um, really does feel like the arcade version. Not squashed like the C64. Overall, a really good port. I was quite surprised. It, the ST has been surprising me these last few freaking episodes. Mm. You know, I actually would have been really happy to own one of these back in the day if if, if I, you know, if I end up getting one. Because I remember always back in the day, I remember Amiga, it was always Amiga. Everyone I had knew had Amigas. And every time I saw Atari ST in CVG, for example, would be like, oh, it's not as good, not as good. But, hmm. man, I, you know, I'm really starting to appreciate the ST more. And um, this is another quite uh, awesome example of how well this system can play, you know, especially arcade ports. Oh, I, yeah. what I was what I was really impressed with the most was the screen real estate it was nice and big mm. everything everything felt really 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 nice mm. very good very good game I loved it yeah from what I saw of it I mean it, it is quite similar to the Amiga one visually but it's less colours I believe than the Amiga yeah. version mm. um, and obviously like you often get with ST ports the, the scrolling didn't look quite as smooth um, but I thought you know you didn't have the parallax scrolling and that from what I saw in there as well but again like yeah. you said mm. then uh, does I was, I was really impressed with the the audio as well because often you know the S- st games can just be a bit like kind of kind of bleepy can't they but they actually yeah. did a really good job mm. with it i thought yeah mm. yeah so, so just some of my notes was that it just seemed slightly quicker than the amiga version not in a good way though a bit quicker oh. than what the arcade was um with slightly weaker sound than the than the amiga version um yeah, and like you said, Dan, no parallax scrolling in there in the backgrounds uh, and, re- and reduced colours as well. They're the only notes that I've got from it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if you hadn't, there's very, I think there'd be very little. Uh, if you went around your mates and played it on the ST and then you played it on the Amiga, you probably wouldn't notice too much of a difference, I don't nah. think. Nah, you really. wouldn't. But, uh, was you an Amiga guy? Dan, did you ever have an Amiga back, back in the early 90s? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you had one, 
That was a yeah, Amiga 500. I got the Cartoon Classics pack. All right. Um, came with uh, Lemmings and um, Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants and Captain Planet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a big Amiga fan back then. Then I got an Amiga 1200 later on. I think there was one kid at my school who had an Atari ST, but yeah, no one talked to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think I remember anybody having an Atari ST either. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like the Master System. Where I only remember one person having a Master System yeah. and one person having an Amstrad with a green right. screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was either a C sixty four or an Amiga, uh, yeah, or a Mega Drive. You know, moving in across, across those kind of timelines. But uh... but in recent years, I, I did get hold of an Atari ST probably about five six years ago. And, you know, I thought I'd get one just to kind of... It's a bit weird when you grew up playing Amiga games. It's kind of like seeing, like, Bizarro World, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. the, the other side yeah. kind of thing. And it's. Yeah. But I, I've, I've actually been quite impressed with its capabilities. It's actually, you know, they did quite a lot with the... So, I mean, really, the ST was like a CPU and a stick. It didn't have all the, the custom chips that the Amiga mm-hmm. had. But they could actually do quite a lot with it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah it's funny, because I remember, I remember getting mine first, and I was like, mm. all right, I'm going to try the games that I used to play on the Amiga and see how yeah. they compare. I'm like... Ugh, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then you, you start you start appreciating it more. It's like okay, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's the audio usually, isn't it? They yeah. generally look like Amiga games. Yeah. sound terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give it one thing. I think is better than the Amiga is the screen real estate. I don't mm. like how the Amiga. Some games just look like they're pushed up. Have you noticed they have the screens always sometimes smaller? Yeah, I think you know? it, whether it's a pal, pal NTSC kind of thing, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Like, it's, it feels like there's either big borders around them or you get that black big bar black at, the at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's T.I. Fan doesn't have any of that. So, mm. cool. Enjoying the show? Why not check out some other great retro gaming podcasts like Retro Asylum, The Retro Hour, RGDS, Maximum Power Up, Arcade Attack, and the Ten Pence Arcade. Let's see if we can find a little bit more, um, a little bit more trivia we can go through. Okay, so yeah, some as we mentioned before, it says that some ports of the game Toki was named Juju, um, and some of the other characters were different names as well. So uh, Miho was called Wanda, and uh, Vuki Mudo was named Doctor Stark. So I think on the Mega Drive version, it was called Doctor Stark on the Japanese one. Also, some ports, um, it, was, it wasn't the uh, Vuki Mido who kidnaps the princess. It was his chief henchman, half-invisible giant known as Bashtar. So there's some kind of mix-up between the stories and the characters. Maybe it's the Japan, uh, Japanese and Western thing, I don't know. But um, a few things like that um, uh, were changed. It was almost like Street Fighter 2, isn't it, with all the name changes going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another point is that uh, the adverti- they actually advertised versions for the Spectrum and Amstrad um, back in issue 90 of Crash magazine, but obviously neither neither of those ports materialised. Has anybody heard any more history on those two? Because they, they, seem, to, no. they seem to be cropping up a little bit here and there as if they're going to finish, the- somebody's going to finish them off and uh, finally release them and things like that. I love it when stuff like that happens when they find yeah. like unfinished prototypes and then the ROMs are dumped yeah. and everyone can play them. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'd be interested to see how well it played on them. So I, I imagine I'm just picturing what Spectrum version of that would look like. We'd probably, like you said, about four colours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, yeah. I did see a few. There was a, there was a few screenshots knocking around, right. and yeah, there's a lot of black. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's a few, 
few colours there, but uh, the Amstrad version does look pretty good. It looks really colourful, uh, decent sized sprites and yeah. things like that. So yeah, one for our friend who does the other podcast with Daz, uh, Davey. He's a big Amstrad fan. Yeah, Dave loves it. <laughs> loves it. The scrolling looked a bit dodgy as usual. The scrolling was a bit, yeah. you know, because I was watching a video before and it was very uh, delayed scroll. But at least, at least it scrolled when you reached halfway through the screen, not yes, not at the yeah, end. Where then, if you reached at the end, screen. then it was something to kill it. Yeah, it wasn't so much flip flip screen. So yeah, yeah. it looked nice though. But the screen layout looked different too. The level one was was different. So yeah. All right. Yeah, and I think I, 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 I think as well with the the Amstrad. It's I, I had one friend who had one back in the day, and um, like Sean said before, it, it, it had a green screen with it, and it was. <laughs> oh, I mean, you never really got an idea of what the graphical capabilities were looking at it on that. But recently, I mean, I've, they've done some amazing stuff with the Amstrad. Like I saw pinball fantasies and stuff being ported to amazing. it. Amazing. Yeah, it feels like there's there's a lot of untapped potential on that platform. Heaps, heaps. I mean, especially uh, have you played the. The remade um, R-Type on there? No. Wow. Dude, load it up. You'll freak. It's really, really good. Really, really good. It's, mm. it's. I find it close to the Master System version. I find the Master System to be the best home port, but it's it's really, really good. I don't know how they did. The scrolling's just flawless. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just amazing how, you know, how all these new, how these people are now, how they can harness, you know, these old computers. Even the C64, I don't know if you played uh, Sam's Journey. Yes, yeah, really good. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, <laughs> but if, that, if, that, if, that had, if that had come out 30 years ago, I would never have probably gotten Amiga and I'd have been like, I'll stick with this. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. good what they can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I digress. <laughs> Amiga? All right, okay. Yeah, all right, do the Amiga, yeah. I'll uh, find out. I was actually I was really I was really surprised with the Amiga version. I'd seen some screenshots of it before I'd actually started to play it, and I was thinking, hmm, "This looks bloody good," you know, before even mm. getting into it. So, put um, graphics, put nice intro with the wizard turning the uh, main guy into the ape. Put uh, the screen. Um, there's a small border at the bottom that houses the lives. Um, all the collectibles, the time, stages, and shot strength are uh, basically all sitting in there. Controls, like we mentioned with the other computer ports, you have to hold down the, the fire button uh, to shoot diagonally, um, otherwise it'll jump. Um, yeah, but uh, one gave the Amiga version of Toki an overall score of 88, Amiga Power gave it 87, so it scored pretty, it scored mm. pretty well. Um, I thought this version, when I was playing it, there was only a couple of points in it really where I found a couple of characters, character sprites missing. Apart from that, I thought it was a bloody brilliant um, take of the arcade. I was struggling to, you know, without having it side by side, struggling to see much, much in the way of differences between it. The music was really good as well. I love the um, uh, the Amiga sound uh, for that one. I thought it was one of the best Amiga arcade ports I've seen. I know some of them are a bit ropey, like. Um, Shinobi. Uh, Shinobi. I was about to say, yeah, Shinobi. Out, outrun as well. Outrun, yeah, yeah. Outrun, yeah, yeah. But this was like Ocean really smashing it. I couldn't believe, uh, yeah, if I'd have had, if I'd have been into Toki and I'd have had Toki back in 89, 90 when it came out, I'd have been blown away by it. I wouldn't have ever put another another 10p in the uh, in the machine, I don't think. I'd have been quite happy with it. It was a, a cracking version. 
Yeah. But, um, what about you guys? Go, Dan. Yeah, Go I, Dan. I think for me, yeah, everything you said then, I mean, to, yeah. having played that game on arcade and then got my Amiga a year or two later, um, that was as close to arcade perfect as any game that I had on the Amiga back then. And upon playing it again, you know, this week. Um, I've actually, there's some bits in there that I actually do prefer to the arcade version. Like you said, I think the music on the Amiga version yeah. and the sound I actually preferred to the arcade. Mm-hmm. And I think there are parts of the game where you've kind of got dual parallax scrolling as well that I didn't see quite that depth on the arcade version. It actually yeah, looked better yeah, yeah. in that regard. I mean, again, you know, like you're saying about the, the full screen, that is one thing. It's a smaller area on the screen. You've yeah. got the bar at the bottom with the, the lives and stuff in it yeah. too. And again, you've got the limitation of having one joystick button which mm. I think is always an issue with arcade ports to systems mm-hmm. with one one it's button probably, probably better uh, than holding down space bar or something was, oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I got used to it pretty quick again though so yeah to me it was you know in terms of the home ports yeah I was blown away by this version thought it was really good yeah did you, nice. did you manage to get it running uh, Daz yeah I popped it in the Atari 1200 um the Atari 1200. 1200. Wow, <laughs> you can tell I'm tired. Uh, yeah, haven't you heard that computer before? <laughs> Exclusive prototype that you've got. Ex- <laughs> the Jack, the the Jack Trebel special. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, uh, nice intro, but no sound. Did you notice that? Mm. There was no sound in the intro. Yeah, what the hell? So and, like, oh, and also, while, while you're talking about the intro, I did notice one thing. I had a, I had a cracked version of this game when I was a kid. Yeah. And I yeah. noticed, if, you, know, you know, when the hand comes around and it's carrying away, there's yeah. a bit of a nip slip on the Amiga version there. That, <laughs> I didn't know whether the, oh, whether really? the hackers just put that in, but it was it was in the version I played this week. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm just a perv. Yeah. To, look again I'm next time to load that up. I'm going to have to load that up on my Atari 1200. Um, I like the attention to detail you've taken, Dan, in, in studying yeah, the yeah. versions. Yeah. I, I really studied that hard. <laughs> was there a way for you to pause it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I might buy an action replay cartridge just to do yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, screen gra- we'll screen grab that for later <laughs> yeah. uh, scrotums and nips what the hell's going on with this game <laughs> oh shit okay <laughs> okay well yeah no intro in the- sorry nice intro but no sound but then the game started Wow, um, so loyal to the arcade version. Some enemies were missing, like the cracked egg dinosaur thing was yes, gone yeah. on stage one. Um, and that flying boar, what was it? That, that, you know that, that ape what, that looks like he's got the, like a pitchfork? He's like a devil? Oh, the, yeah. the white. The, the, the yeah. one with the white. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's missing on that first level too. It's funny, when, when I see him, I think of um, the guy from Strider. You know how there's that one that that you hit him and he keeps coming back and he flies. Yeah. I think it's on level one yeah. Yeah. Uh, or level two. I can't remember, but uh, he reminds me of him. Uh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't there, which I thought was strange. Um, uh, yeah, it was before the level boss. Uh, I got to level three on one credit. I was quite yeah. surprised. Uh, difficulty was balanced and I love this port. I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. It was just a really nice balance between difficulty. Graphics, man, you would have been so happy owning this back in the day. Mm, it's very colourful. It's really captures oh, it's the same colour. It's got the colour palette matches the arcade really well. It's very vibrant. Yeah. And quite often and they're it, a bit brownie coloured and like the C sixty four ones and that, but this one was really popping. It really popped. Yeah, and I, I loved I loved the, the sound. It wasn't you know sometimes the Amiga has that exaggerated warm sound music. Sometimes it just I think it just ruins sometimes the game. 
Does that make mm. sense to you? Like this just sounded a bit had a bit more treble in there. It sounded a bit more. Mm. I don't know the sound just sounded a lot nicer. Like I just find some, some games are too the audio's too warm. I, I can't I can't explain it any other way. Like mm. it's that you know it's an Amiga, and sometimes mm. that Amiga sound can kind of sometimes ruin ruin a you know an arcade game sound i don't know a bit overpowering kind of thing yeah yeah i don't know it's just me or maybe it's just me i don't know but this was perfect uh wow i mean it would have been awesome and the controls were really good even though it was one button it was just it just felt a lot it felt a lot tighter especially Mm. over the c64 one yeah, yeah. One great thing fair. about Toki in, in in general as well, I think that the fact that you've got kind of unlimited firepower, you haven't got to collect extra bullets and that yeah. kind of thing too. I think is it just means you can stick your auto fire on and you know just kind of <laughs> yeah. blast through a level that's right. that way. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's well that's done, fun. well done, Amiga. Mm. Mm. No, it's very. Yeah. I was I was blown away by it actually. I was in, yeah, I used to think back in the day, the all the when you played the arcade ports on the Amiga, I always used to think they were arcade perfect. <laughs> quite delusional looking at some of them nowadays but you used to think this is the best it can be you know you can't get yeah. any better than this when you looked at some of the other screenshots on the back of the box it's like this is pretty close to arcade perfect you know but uh, yeah. but this one actually has still remained really bloody good uh, whereas yeah. some of them um, you know not quite what <laughs> what you expected uh, these days to what it was back when you played it back then as a kid um so yeah, it's a, definitely a top a top hit that one. Um, all right, so I've got a bit more trivia on this one. So it says, um, "Did you guys see the screenshot of the seventy eight hundred screenshot?" Yes, I saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that looked that looked impressive. It did, didn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it says uh, never released on the Atari uh, seventy eight hundred over twenty years after the initial release of Toki, a playable beta version of the Toki port for the uh, seventy eight hundred was discovered. It shows a 1993 copyright in the title screen and is only runnable on PAL systems. Um, it's quite an accurate conversion of the arcade original, uh, but the last level of the coin-up is missing. Um, also, most of the bonus items are missing and some bugs are in the game at this stage. Uh, it's unknown why the nearly completed port was never released. It seemed Shame. very late for a. Did nineteen ninety three seem really? Late? I mean, the Jaguar <laughs> must have been. It came out back year, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's strange, isn't it? It's, it's a strange yeah. kind of timeline for it. But um, was well, there I, ever a, a, a planned port to the Jag? Then do you know? Because uh, it obviously never came out in it. But yeah, I don't know. Mm, I mean, yeah, I haven't. I didn't uncover anything about the Jag version. Oh, I don't mean. Yes, I did actually. I did uncover right. something about the Jag version. I think. I thought I remember um, hearing something about it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so Ocean... So- I'll give you a little bit more info. That was right. So, Ocean Software um, were, were developing one for the Atari Jaguar under the working title. Now, it's A-P-E-S-H-I-T. Right. So, is it Apes, <laughs> is it apes Hit or Ape Shit? <laughs> Everyone would call it Ape Shit, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would, yeah. wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it says it was uh, later renamed Toki Goes Ape Spit, uh, which you <laughs> tend to find on the Amiga on the Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at one point during development, uh, due to Ocean still retaining the license to Toki, with plans to publish in winter 1994, but it was never released, likely due to the failure um, of the of the Jaguar. 
So they, it looks like they shelved it. So it's amazing how many versions of this kind of got got worked on, but never uh, must have been that never, tip, yeah, tip, tipping point of uh, upgrading. System, you know, your your computers and moving on to consoles and all those things. It's uh, it's just one of those games that must have came out quite late in that change point where people were like, mm, probably let's leave it and focus on the new stuff. <laughs> it is remarkable how many systems it was, you know, tempted to be ported to though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like pretty, pretty much yeah. everything, really. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's um, it was also it was ported to uh, by Magic Team uh, I for the iOS, uh, which I mentioned actually before in in the US. So yeah, so I was hoping that we could get hold of that one and just try it out, but uh, fortunately it didn't. Uh, couldn't couldn't get hold of it. Um, and it did win the Golden Joystick Award in 1992 as well. The game, so oh. um, yeah. So I imagine playing that on, on a phone, though. Imagine using like a, oh, an on-screen D-pad. Man, you'd, I'd you'd be that like a good experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The game's hard. It's a frustrating it game, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say it's frustrating at the best of times. Yeah, you'd be not. You'd be smashing. You'd need definitely a good cover on it and a, and a screen yeah. protector. <laughs> yeah. Throw your phone across the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Um, okay, so moving on. I think we've just a Mega Drive one to go. And links. Oh, the yep. Mega Drive and links. Yeah. So would you want to hit and the switch li- and the switch? Yeah. Do you want to hit the links yeah. first? Okay. He I've got my links that. copy here and uh, oh, nice. Graph. He got yeah. it. Oh, I got it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. It was um, again. I mean, I, I think it was actually. Considering it was on a handheld platform from the early 90s, I thought this was a pretty good version of it. Um, yeah. I thought the audio was fantastic on it. Wow. Um, yeah. One one thing about it is, obviously, the, the resolution is a lot smaller than you're going to get on like the arcade or mm-hmm. other home um, desktop machines. Yeah. Um, so there were times on there when I found that, you know, enemies would kind of creep up on me a little bit. And... I'd kind of get killed before I could see them on screen, whereas with other versions, you'd have a bit more warning that they were there. But I think overall it was fantastic, and I thought the um, it was less less colours than the, the versions on the, the home consoles, but I thought for a handheld version, I was blown away by what a good job they did with this. Mm. Did you did you have that years ago, Dan, or is it something you picked up more recently and been able to? Play? No, only only yeah, only in the last couple of years. And again, it was I, I got a links probably about four or five years ago, yeah. and that was just a, I didn't even realize it came out of the links until I spotted it one day, and I was like, yeah. I've got to get hold of a copy of that. So <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what it would play like, but yeah, it was yeah really impressed mm. with it. Yeah, yeah, I had the, I had the big fat links uh, originally right. back in yeah was it ninety two or ninety three maybe when it came out. Like a big paddle, wasn't it? Like a big paddle, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I got that and uh, Blue Thunder, Chip, yeah. was it Chip's Journey or something like that? And uh, Chip's Blue, Li- Blue Lightning, that was a bloody, yeah, it was really Get good. It, there, yeah. The, yeah, a bit like Afterburner kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I wished, playing Toki now on an emulator, I wished I'd actually been able to play it back on that old, on my old system because uh, I, really imp- I was really impressed with it, I must admit. I was... Um, the scale things pretty well. You mentioned that it was a bit difficult sometimes with the um, hmm. the sprites and things, but I think they've done quite a good job of kind of scaling it to to suit the the smaller screen. Even like the um, the little bonuses that you got for the for hitting things, you know, they were kind of like slightly yeah. larger. Yeah. You know, they're kind of funky little uh, font and whatnot. So it was it's a really pretty looking uh, version. And uh, and it was it was a pretty good copy of the arcade. Now it was all laid out, and there's not too much really uh, missing there. And like you said, the music was music was excellent as well. I would have been I'd have been buying. I'd, I'd have kept my links. I think if I'd have 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I traded it back in for in the nineties, but uh, maybe for something yeah, for some other latest technology. Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd have been quite happy with uh, my Lynx and that that version. I think it's pretty. Cool. I also thought the Lynx was very underrated. Anyway, it's kind of like you know back then. I remember seeing it, and yeah. I I, did, I didn't have a handheld as a kid, but I had friends who had them and friends who had like you know, game gears and mm. a lot of them had Game Boys, but I was always like, you know, I, I didn't understand why anyone would get a black and white Game Boy over at Lynx when you could play games like this. Well, you it. Got yeah. Cool like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, they didn't probably do that many ports either, really, when you think about it. So Tokyo's quite an interesting one to have. They, they bought out a lot of Atari, you know, most of the ports were Atari games, weren't they, that were ported across. Yeah. I can't think too much about the library now, but uh, that's kind of an odd one to have uh, dropped into the library there from a, uh, you know, a pretty unknown Japanese company. I think it suffered the same fate as a Jaguar, really. A lot of ports were starting to be worked on for it, but then when it wasn't a huge success, it kind of got shelved and yeah, yeah. I've always liked the, the cartridges for it, the little cards with the curved. Yeah. Something, something funky about them. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> All right. What about you, Daz? Did you have you got it not um, sitting back there somewhere? Did you? No, did no. You, I, I did do. You, did I, you I uncover have... it, and not realise you had it. No, no, no. This is what I'd say. <laughs> I, I, I do have the Mega Drive and Switch versions, but uh... <clears throat> okay. I have to say, I was quite surprised uh, mm. considering the age of the handheld. Uh, this version I thought was fantastic. Graphics are, are so good. It's just hard to believe a handheld could look that good back then. I was just, just yeah, mm. actually surprised. Um, the sound, far out, man. It had all the grunts and sound effects are there, and it just made it feel like the arcade version. And mm. um, look, some enemies were missing again, but that didn't take anything away from the game, I thought. So, um, and yes, it's hard like the arcade version. It did frustrate me, but man, it, out of all the ports, this one impressed me the most. Yeah. Uh, for, for what? For the plat- for the actual platform, it's just. Freaked me out. The sound, the sound was just so good, and it, and it plays grouse. So it plays so well. Mm. Sorry, grouse is a is a Melbourne Australian term. Dan, it means really good. I, I've heard I've heard okay. it before. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, but I also think you know the, the control mechanism, you know the, the D pad and the, the buttons and everything. It actually works really well for this game. The the placement yeah. on the links and it suited really well the control mechanism. I think. Yeah. No, yeah. Nah, oh, well, so so good. Yeah, I was really surprised. Yeah. If anything, you know, it's, it's probably yeah, it's, it's probably the one I had the most fun with, I reckon, yeah. out of all of them. So you know far. what they got the most arcade perfect about it though? What's that? That it cost you about the same in batteries to play it as it did to play the arcade machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're not going to complete that on one set of batteries. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, yeah, it's a pretty pretty big one. I was really surprised. Glad I actually give it, I got a chance to give it a good playthrough. Uh, I was really. Really, really surprised by it. Um, all right, guys. Uh, so let's go Mega for drive. the let's go for the Mega Drive. I've got no preconceptions about the Mega Drive version at all, so it's quite an interesting one. I don't know. Do you got one of you guys want to go first? But I've I've got more written about this one than any other version. So uh, okay. <laughs> it, it was I'll, just I'll totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go I'll first. Go first. <laughs> I'm I'm quick with this one. Um, I purchased this a while back, and I remember playing it occasionally. I was like getting frustrated, but I just turned. I used to just turn it off. I thought, okay, I finally sat down properly and played it. Uh, totally different game, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't like the colours chosen. It just feels drab and boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just dark. Um, 
music is, is okay. It's okay. Uh, but I just found it frustrating to play. Parallax scrolling was nice. Um, what I found the most annoying, it drove me crazy, like actually angry, was that you had to press down to see where you were going to land. Like the screen didn't like... <laughs> You know, you couldn't see, you couldn't see, you couldn't see um, anything under you. So you'd have to push down. So then the camera goes down, and you could see where, where you could jump. And I didn't know that for a, for a first few goes. I'm like, I'm jumping off a cliff. Where do I land? And I'd always land on spikes or a hole or something. And then I realised by accident, okay, if I push down like you would on like Sonic, for example, the screen yeah. moves down, and th- this shouldn't happen. That is, that's just to me, that's just stupid. And I hated it. I, I freaking hated it. I, just, I, I, I love my Mega Drive, and it hurts me to say this, but I thought it was absolutely horrible. I think it was worse than the NES version. Maybe, yeah. m- maybe because I'm not good at it. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I despised it. I just thought they wrecked. They wrecked a, a totally good game, or call it something different. Call it Toki Part Two. Mm. Spit, spit, spit on the scrotum or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there as well. Again, I, I loaded this up. I'd never played it before, mm. and obviously, like you said, it had that you know go ape spit as well. The subtitle. Yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, okay, that's a bit different to the versions. Yeah. Then when it came on, yeah, the color palette. I was like, what is going on here? A lot of grays in there and yeah. really dark colors in it too. And I mean, there was a couple of things I I thought were quite interesting concepts in it. For example, the the bullets kind of or your your fire actually bounced. Um, mm. which I didn't see that in the other versions. It would actually hit the ground and keep going, which yes, you know did yeah. help me out a few times. But again, like you mentioned then about the having to press down, I discovered that completely by accident as well on about my third play. Yeah. <laughs> Something I didn't spot mm. it before, what was going on. But yeah, it, it just didn't feel like Toki to me. It was just... It, and I, the Mega Drive, you know, would have done a fantastic version mm. of the original. So it felt like a real missed opportunity, I thought, not having it on there. Yes, yeah. I did say I'd love to know the reasoning why. It's strange. Yeah, strange. Yeah, they farmed the game out to some unknown company, I think, from what I read up. But um, I did send Daz a picture because I was frustrated. You know, I find the game a little bit frustrating anyway. Um, yeah. But then when I put the Mega Drive one on and uh, I dropped off the uh, ledge, doing straight onto some spikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I went back to it and took a screen grab and sent it to Daz. Says, guess what happens next? And I went, all right, you died. You died. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't until after that that I also found that you pushed down, you know, and that's when yeah. you can yeah. actually work out what the bloody hell was below you. But Because um... nobody used to read manuals back in the day, did they? Come no, no. So, yeah, I put, um, what did I put on there? So for the Mega Drive version, I put it as a reprogrammed game uh, by Sega 1991, developed by Santos, that well-known company. Oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, <laughs> I think they do, dodgy Dave works they do, there. They do car insurance or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they worked closely with Sega before Sega bought them out. So they must have been pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened there, but um, there are there to, are, to stop them releasing any more ports, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it says um, there are nine levels of pain to go through instead of six. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't get that far. <laughs> no, but the first thing I noticed was the extra intro screen you get in human form with with your girlfriend, and then this kind of castle or kind of background starts co- coming up from the from the ground, and uh, 
After that, the wizard comes along and apifies you. Um, it's just a very different... It's a different intro. For some reason, they decided to do a different thing. Um, there was, didn't see any... I don't think they had the map on there. Yeah, because the stages were different, so the map was missing. Um, right from the start, the enemies appear. Different places of attack. And a new bouncy weapon was collected. There was triple shot uh, and a power-up spit that you could hold the button down. And like fire a bigger, a bigger like flame spit at them. Uh, the helmet, oh, there was a helmet later on, I think, but that was kind of missing. The tro the whole trophy thing was not in there, where you collect the the helmet uh, at the time of playing it. Uh, sneakers, I did find you could collect them, but for some reason you collected them right at the very. You had to drop off a ledge at the end of the first part of the stage, and then I found the sneakers and I collected them, jumped back up, and then you just went like right and finished the level. So why why would they give you the sneakers just <laughs> right at the end of the level and then you lose them at the next point when it loads up? It was that was a bit bizarre. <clears throat> um, stage one is much longer than the arcade. Maybe Sega thought that it was too short to be a, a just a straight arcade port. That's what my thought might have been around it. So they beefed it up, made it longer, added more stages, so it was more of a something you could play at home. But it, Unfortunately, in doing that, I think they lost all the charm of the, the level yeah. design and the actual game. It's um, like they just chucked what they wanted. Like, let's just yeah. put a platform there. It's just, yeah, it just didn't it's feel all, right. It's almost like they had a generic platformer and they whacked some of the Toki sprites into it. Yeah. Yeah, like they'd already made it in advance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's meant to be something else. Yeah, yeah it could have been anything else, I think. Um, but the main sprite's quite close. It's not quite like the arcade. Um, yeah, like we mentioned about dropping on the spikes, and that was a pain. Character control and the feel of the main character is pretty spot on, um, and so is the music. Uh, I put, to be honest, the music was the best part of the game, hmm. uh, in my yeah. opinion. Um, there is a bad ending as well on the Mega Drive version. So you go, you yeah. play through it on. Um, I don't know if you play through it on easy or normal. When you play it through it on one of the one of the settings, and you get all the way to the end and finish it, it says uh, you need to now play it on a harder difficulty level to see the oh, true ending. To, to see that. the true oh, ending, <laughs> you'd be like There's nothing you, worse. You would be going ape shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that one. Um, Mean Machines. Uh, there's a few couple of the reviews here. Quite different scores. Mean Machines gave it forty-seven. Wow. Yeah. Generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Generous, yeah. Uh, but then CMVG gave it 85. Wow. So, uh, Drugs. Big, Drugs. Big, big difference. Yeah, yeah big difference. <laughs> Only explanation. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was quite a... I'm glad I never picked it up on import back on the back in the day because I remember seeing it on uh, called Juju something or other uh, back in the day and I never picked it up then. But, uh, yeah, it's, that was a lucky escape, I think. I think no, maybe you... if I hadn't played the original and that was the only version you'd ever played, maybe it would have stood up on its own, maybe. But it, like I said, it just didn't feel like Toki. So for mm. me, that, that ruined it. Yeah. 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 All right. So that was a big, yeah, it was a big surprise, that one. Uh, it's a bit, st I thought it was quite stinky. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Especially for, for the platform. Yeah. It, sh it, it, yeah. it should have been a lot better. Mm, definitely. All right, so I'm going to leave the last one up to you guys, I think, because you might have both have... I know Daz has got the going ape version of it. 
It's got the special the edition. Den I have the, the same. special edition. Yeah. So yeah, the, the uh, big box. Yeah, the big box <laughs> yeah. version. So I'm going to let you guys talk about it. I did what I did actually watch a a full playthrough of it, but um, I let you guys run with it. You want to go first or myself? Yeah, can can do. Well, I think this game, from what I read, this game was about 10 years in development. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think they were intended for other platforms. I think originally it was going to come out on Xbox Arcade, from what I read, and then it kind of got put on the back burner for a while. No one heard about it for a long time. And then, obviously, we got the uh, the version for the Switch. I want to say, did it come out last year or the year before? I think it was um, last 2018. year. 2018. Yeah, 2018. Oh, wow, two years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah time goes quick. Um, yeah. But this is, um, and I, I had high hopes for this, and I wasn't disappointed by it at all. Mm. So essentially what you've got is an HD upgraded version of the original arcade version of Toki, but with these really nice hand-drawn graphics. Mm. Everything in there just looks absolutely beautiful. Um, and, and I was really, really blown away by what a good job they did. I mean, it does feel very similar to the arcade version. Mm-hmm. Everything's in the right place from what I remember. Um, but the graphics really pop on screen and the audio is fantastic as well. I mean, as you'd expect from a, a version that came out nearly 30 years after the original, <laughs> they did a lot of enhancements with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but it does remain very faithful to the arcade. Only downside to it, I, I maybe thought it was a bit overpriced. Um, I, I think they'll probably sell more copies of it if it was like, you know, maybe a, a maybe a nineteen pound or fifteen pound kind of game on mm. on the e stocks. I think I paid about thirty pounds for this when it came out, but yeah, also I've got the collector's edition. Yeah, like a full price game. But then the collector's edition I've got here, you know, you get like a, a box that looks a bit like a like the old big box PC or Amiga games that you used to get mm. when you were a kid and they've got, you know, stickers and there's a little arcade cabinet that you make out of <laughs> yeah. card in here as well if you want to put your Switch in there and play it like it used to. There's a comic book in here and a lot of the artwork um, printed out too. So I think it's a really nice package though and I think mm. out of all the versions... That's what you're paying I mean, for, I think. I think that's Yeah, exactly. For. The mm. only thing I'd like is I, I would have liked it if they included the original version in there as well. So you yeah. can kind of, you know, like on some special editions, you can flip back between the original graphics and the new ones. Mm. That would have been that quite nice. Wonder Boy did that that's really a well, point. didn't they? Yeah. Boy. Yeah. 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 I, I totally agree. Um, I remember loading it up and I thought, because like I said, I, I know level one, like like the back of my hand, and I was yeah. doing exactly the same thing. And it, and it, I thought, no, nah, this is this is good. Um, it was a little bit overpriced, but I think I think it's like I said. I think you're paying for all that extra stuff that's that's just going to sit in the box and do nothing anyway. But <laughs> yeah. that's what you're paying for, yeah. I mean, um, EB Games has got it for nineteen dollars physically, right. tag. Mm. So if you want to grab yeah. it, you know yeah, they've got it physically. Cool. It's a very beautiful. It's worth it. Version. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, actually, like funny enough. I've been pl- I've been playing this one the most because I've been playing in bed with with the Switch, yeah. and then I when I, I went back to the arcade, I'm like, oh, I like the Switch one better. It's, yeah. it's very rare that I say that a remake or you know a HD remake is better. But yeah. I actually think this one's a lot better. It just feels it's like they fixed all the wrong things with the original. You know, um, I loved it. I think it's absolutely amazing mm. game. So yeah, it's arcade and better. I- arcade better. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I know that hand-drawn style is not for everyone. I mean, I've seen yeah. some, you know, the new Streets of Rage 4 that's coming out. Some people are complaining about them. They don't like the hand-drawn look. And I get that some people prefer the more sprite-based kind of thing. Yeah. And pixel art, yeah. But I, yeah, I, thought, I thought it looked really good. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's, very be- it's a very beautiful-looking game. I did, I did watch it all the way through. And uh, I thought, it's, yeah, if, you, if you're a big fan of the arcade, this is just a bit of a dream. It's like a dream version to, to mm. own, isn't it? But, um mm. Yeah, very, very nice. So, 
So in a HD version, what was uh, the uh, ball bag boss like? Did you see hairs on it, or was it? <laughs> I didn't get that far. I didn't get that far. I'll try. To, I'll, I'll, I'll actually. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. <laughs> you can see his beads of sweat. <laughs> oh god! Smell of vision. Imagine that smell of vision. Oh, <laughs> I think it looks like a big brain thing. I think from uh, looking, watching it on the video. But uh, yeah, you realise yeah, always... you realise what it really is meant to be. I think that's. <laughs> yeah, it always be a ball bag now. It looks like an upside down ball bag. Yeah, that says burp. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right okay then guys so i think that's uh, all of the versions so let's do a quick summary then so what's your what would you say your uh what's the what would you class as the golden turd uh dan yeah well yeah for me that the one i liked the least was you know i think you guys are probably going to agree that the mega drive version it just it didn't feel like toki it just felt like a completely different game and a real missed opportunity mm-hmm. yeah yeah Daz. You're the same way you're thinking. Initially, initially, it was the NES. Yeah. But then Mega Drive, only because it's, it's yeah. a, it's, it is, they changed it too much. And for that platform, it could have done so much better. Yeah. It, to me, it's just lazy and rubbish. Yeah, Mega Drive mm-hmm. made, again, there's poo everywhere. I was, <laughs> it was just, well, Mega, I had to clean it. it just get the spray and wipe. And, yeah. Uh, That'll be going you know, with me. I'm, it's, That'll be going yeah. with you to the Go Game Market next uh, yeah. in April. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to infect all my other games. It's going to be a table of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Mega Drive, man. Seagull, what, yeah. what did you do, man? Come yeah, on. Yeah. You should never send it to an insurance company to program a new version of it. Nah. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. You know, it's funny enough. That I can't let go of it, though. I just can't let go yeah. of the, the, the game, my box game. Yeah. I, I can't resell it. Yeah. I don't know. I just look at the box and it still makes me feel giddy inside and happy. Yeah. But I know it's crap. I mean, look, you know what? Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it another go later and try to persevere and see if there's anything special about it. Yeah. But nah, to me, it's it's rubbish. This, uh, I think you just need to get the original game out of your head, maybe, don't you? To, yeah, to yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the underwater stage on uh, on the Mega Drive version is a, is the boss is a submarine. It's this massive, oh, shit. Okay. it's a massive submarine that's got this kind of monkey guy inside it. <laughs> that, you, that you have to shoot. So <clears throat> there's a couple of there's a couple of bosses that are are different in it, but generally the the bosses are the same. But um, but yeah, so there's a few things to look at as you go through it and progress. But I think you'll find it it's quite it's still quite a, a tough game as you as you work your way through. So yeah, uh, yeah you might find it on the market stall does some point if you go back <laughs> and play it. Yeah, <laughs> you might sell it on. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for me the Mega Drive version as well. I love the Link's version. I thought that was really good. Um, I was quite charmed by the NES version, but then that was just me playing it first. <laughs> <Jeez>. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Amiga version was yeah, I was really really surprised at how how uh, how when you do it right, how good we could have had these uh, arcade ports. You know, it's a shame we didn't get the same kind of love and attention uh, to some of the other. Favorite games back back then in the uh, yeah late eight oh eighties and uh, early nineties. So, saying that, saying that, I think the C sixty four version was actually quite good mm-hmm. too. I mean, for for what the system can do, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I try not to be too harsh on it. I th- yeah. If anything, it's just probably the um, yeah the controls probably let it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think if all you had was a 64, that would have been great. But when yeah. you, obviously now we, we can play versions on other systems, there's no reason I'd pick that one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 All right, and I think it's pretty pretty easy to, to state, which is your, probably your favourite versions. Yeah, links for yes. me. <laughs> yeah. Links for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd pick the Switch version just because that's the one I'd play. Um, yeah. I think in terms of the, cl- the classic ones, classics, I think the Amiga version. Yeah, the, the Amiga version, I think, would be for, for the old school mm. ones. That was just, yeah. Like I said, there wasn't many games on the Amiga that, you know, as you were mentioning in hindsight, were actually arcade perfect. But yeah. for me, this was one. Yeah. It was really close, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool, guys. Well, it's good to revisit uh, Tokyo or Juju. Uh, and give it a playthrough and uh, get a bit more history on it and background to it because uh, yeah, it's one of those games that we definitely saw a lot in, uh, back in the day uh, in the arcade. So yeah, it's good to go back through them and, and whatnot. So uh, any any closing points uh, before we uh, wrap things up, guys? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of a name for the bull bag guy, <laughs> bull bag Jones or something. I don't know why. <laughs> Shit, I've got in my head. <laughs> Send your suggestions in on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen to us. We're like little 10 year olds. <laughs> so mature. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, no, I, I do think it's, 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 a, it's a brilliant game that's loads of fun. And like you said, it's, yeah. I think it's often quite an underrated game as well. And if yeah. people maybe aren't familiar with it, it's definitely worth picking up and having a go. I think you'll find a lot to have fun with in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. So, tag, tag. Yeah. So do you actually like the game now? Um, look, I still find it frustrating. I, when I go back and play again, yeah, I'll, go, I'll put it on and have a little blast on it here and there, I think. Um, but yeah, it's um, I still find it frustrating, a little bit cheap at times. But it's one of those memory games, I suppose. You have to play, put the time into it. When you put the time into it, you can you could walk through and, uh, and enjoy it, I think. But um, yeah, when you've not got to put 10p's or... 20, 20 cent coins into it it's not so bad is it you're not you're not like yeah, it's fr- true. throwing money away so you can power through and, and learn the game a little bit more I've, I, I, enjoy, I appreciate the game more now after doing the episode than what I did before because before I didn't really give it much of a look in uh, probably yeah. from my childhood experience of losing my coins quickly and going back to my dad and going can I have another 10p it's like where did the last one go? Oh, I'll put it into Toki. <laughs> <laughs> Ten seconds ago, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so now we don't have that constraint. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good for a quick blast, I think. And I think the Switch version is very generous with the checkpoints and stuff as well, so yeah. it does make it quite a bit easier. Yeah, yeah that, that is a good point, actually, which we didn't mention was the checkpoints. At least you don't go right mm. back to the start, because that yeah. would have been a, that would have really been the nail in the coffin, I think. Um, having a cheap death and then having to go right back so that's kind of ghouls and ghosts uh, territory uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah it's alright so yeah, I, I prefer it more now than what I did when I first started playing it <laughs> uh, alright guys so we'll, we'll start to wrap it up so uh, Dan any, any shout outs that you'd like to give um, to any of the listeners uh, yeah, just um, thank thank you guys for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed um, doing this. And uh, if you haven't heard my podcast before, the Retro Hour, we've got um, Ian Grieve on this week from uh, Signosis. Yep. So uh, if, if you're interested, you know, remember all those games like Lemmings and Wipeout and yep. uh, all, all those classic games from back then. We got some really good stories of him. So that episode's out now. If you want to check it out, yep. uh, theretrohour.com. Yeah, I used to love the box art for those Signosis oh, no. games. 
Yeah. They were great, weren't they? Yeah, yeah great yeah, artwork. Yeah. yeah. yeah weren't they based off, um, like, album covers? Some of them? It's yeah, yes, isn't it? Yes, is the yeah. yeah. No, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's the same artist who did a lot of the artwork for the box arts, who did the album yeah. covers for for the band. Yes, yeah, pretty brilliant, amazing artwork. Yeah. Thought so. Yeah, I, knew, back... I knew I didn't dream that. <laughs> it's like I, I remember <laughs> reading that somewhere. Yeah, it was so important back then, though, wasn't it? Except that's what sold the game, though, wasn't it? The artwork. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, yeah. you're competing against other games on the shelf. It had to look great, didn't it? Often better than the games did themselves. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, <laughs> look, look at Shadow of the Beast's cover. That has nothing yeah. to do with the game. No, it's not really. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Looked awesome, though. Yeah. I never thought yeah. about it like that, actually. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, but, um... yeah the, the amount of games I get back then, you had like, this amazing spaceship on the front, you turn yeah. it around, it'd be like a crappy Space Invaders clone <laughs> yeah. or something. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, Massatronic did that a lot, I think. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything, the... anything else, Dan? Um, that's all I can think of at the top of my head, guys. Just yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, yeah, play Turkey if you haven't played it before. It's good. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, uh, Daz, you want to go? Oh me? Okay. Um, shout out to you, Dan. Thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate it. It's, it's been a while, man. We've been touching base probably for the last year. When I was looking back at our chat, it was like two thousand. Yeah. I think it was early two thousand nineteen or something like that. I was like, wow. But um, no, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Tag, obviously, thanks yeah. for jumping on as usual. Yep. this early morning uh thanks to all our listeners our patreons especially thank you without your help you know this probably wouldn't we probably wouldn't be doing this anymore but you're helping <laughs> us a lot there um a big big thank you to gary arnett for uh helping us out yep. for our um say display pics here our little yeah, episode yeah. Icons pictures or, yeah icon our icons yeah. yeah always pulls through and does an amazing job man so yeah Awesome, awesome job, dude. A uh, big shout out to my other co hosts, Dave and Mark, on This and That Gaming. Uh, we'll be recording again next week with all the latest and retro intro news, I guess. Probably more, more newish, though. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's always a bit of Amstrad news, isn't there? Always. Because <laughs> Dave, love Dave loves his Amstrad. <laughs> he always chucks in a bit of Amstrad news. But uh, yeah, uh, again, yeah, thanks everyone for listening in. Yeah, so just okay. yeah, reiterate what Daz said there, and uh, Dan, thanks very much for coming on. I know it's uh, it's a bit of homework to prepare for the podcast, and you've got your own <laughs> po- weekly podcast, which is a lot to prepare for. So thanks for finding the time to to get involved. It's nice to finally uh, catch up and uh, hang out for a couple, you know, hour and a half, and talk about Toki and. Uh, been good to finally meet some meet the, meet the voice behind what we're listening to <laughs> on the drives oh, to work and it. stuff. It's been a blast, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no worries. All right, guys. Until uh, until next time. Thanks for Adios. listening in. <laughs> see, you later. see you later.